Hmm. Okay, well, it's August 9th, 2020. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to continue our study in the Gospel of John. This is chapter 8. And what we're looking for is the pure, simple gospel of God or gospel of Jesus in these chapters. The reason why we're doing this, if you haven't been following this series, is we're trying to show you that the real gospel of God, the real gospel to come to Christ, there's nothing added to it. Mm-hmm. It is pure. It is pure. All Paul did and Peter and James and Jude and John and his letters, all they did was clarify these things in their epistles to these churches and to the people. But the gospel of God is pure and simple. We don't add or subtract. That's what we're trying to show right. on this thing. So we're in chapter 8, and we've um, studied so far. Last week we did uh, chapter 7 and a little bit of 4. Mm-hmm. We looked at, and so we're doing this on a podcast, but also on video. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching or you, I would suggest you watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can go to our Fifth Hook Media YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So YouTube.com. Slash Fifth Hook Media, or you could go if you go to our website fifthhookmedia.com, you can see all the videos up there because I post them too. But I would suggest you do that because here's what we do we take the Bible itself, how we're studying it, and then we show it on the video so you can see all the notes and you can read along. And it's like a double learning you see it visually as well as hear it, or you can listen to the podcast and you don't, you don't see anything, but you can hear what we're doing. Or you can be crazy, listen to the podcast, and watch the video. I know. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. So this is the story about the woman who was caught in idolatry. So if Ms. Kapow will read from verse 1, um, and oh. I'll stop you. I'll stop okay. you if, when we hit a gospel thing. All right. Verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to her, to stone her, and what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, They slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Perfect. So at verse 10, I have a note. I have a note, and this is where we see the first 
gospel, the pure gospel in this particular passage. So we're at verse 10 that says, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And that right there is the gospel. That is the gospel. Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Because Christ knows that when you believe in him as the one sent from God, as the Savior, the Messiah, he also knows that he is going to give his life up for the redemption of humankind back to God, that there will be no condemnation whatsoever on them who believe in him as Messiah because he is going to take all of that condemnation on himself on the cross. So verse 11. I just wanted to say something um, because that scripture reminded me of Isaiah 54 um, um, 17, but it says, but in that day coming, in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Oh, boy, that's a great tie-in. Did that just come out of your pretty little head? Mm -hmm. I just remembered reading that. That's a beautiful tie-in. You see see how beautiful this is? Mm -hmm. As we're studying the Gospel of John... It is still part of the Old Testament, not the New Testament. We don't get to the New Testament until after Jesus ascends for the book of Acts on, and then you have the epistles. But the Gospels, are you're still under the, the law of Moses. You're still under the uh, the prophets in Old Testament when Jesus was physically walking around on the earth. And I like I always tell Ms. Kapow, you you could take the Old Testament all the way up to the Gospels and you could see the pure, simple gospel of God in just that without any other, you know, illumination or anything like that. You could just see the pure, simple gospel of God, you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't read the epistles for the rest of the New Testament at all. Don't get me wrong. Um, the apostle Paul was, was set apart to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And uh, his letters, if, if you're not an idiot and don't add to them, can can really shine a lot of light on the Old Testament doctrine and stuff as it applies to these things. Yeah, the other one I wanted to mention was... Um, actually, it's 26, Isaiah 26, 10... Where it says, they, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And I'm going to go to the Jeremiah. Okay. And that's the King James Version that says, as though he heard them not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's, I think it's an italicized or should be, because they, they, they kind of added that for clarity, but... Uh, that's not necessarily there. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what he wrote. 
it's all speculation, and we don't know why he yeah if he did this. The NLT doesn't say the same thing that I found interesting about Jesus stooping down. Mm-hmm. Seventeen, twelve. Excuse me a minute, folks. So what 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 uh, Miss Capel's doing is she's trying to find a scripture that relates to um, well, it's actually verse eight that he stooped down again and wrote in the dust, and he had been writing in the dust because they were trying to trap him into um, you know saying, well, yeah, she's condemned by law of Moses and blah blah blah, and so the whole thing was a trap. And uh, but while they were talking to him, he was he stooped down and he was writing in the dust with his finger. We don't know what he wrote or what it was. There's a, there's a lot of sermons on these things and speculation, but we don't know. And then um, you know, then he says, "All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone." So I, I've heard sermons that you know he was writing the guy's names. He was you know whatever, maybe the law. But what it meant, the root of the word stoop actually meant like kindness. Huh. You know, and for the you life can't of me, I it. can't find it. Well, if it comes back to you, we'll come back. Um, oh, here it is. <clears throat> oh, Lord, the house of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart shall, from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. So uh, that just was interesting that um, they that depart from me shall be written, written in the earth. In the earth. And then also in John 8, when the accusers were leaving, you know, from the eldest first to the youngest, mm-hmm. it reminds me of this, this um, story about Joseph. Remember when he um, disclosed himself to his brothers and they were all eating? Mm-hmm. But they were served from the eldest to the, to youngest. the youngest. Yeah. That's just my little tie-in. Yeah, I see that. I see, yeah, I do see that. So let's go to verse 11. And he says, uh, she says, no, Lord. Um, she doesn't see her accusers. And Jesus says, neither do I go and sin no more. So there is your, your gospel message right there. Uh, where are your accusers? Now one of them condemn you. So there's no condemnation in Christ in Romans his salvation. 8-1. Romans 8.1, yes. And neither do I go and sin no more. Now, at this point, Ms. Kapow, that would probably be a good scripture for you to go read Romans 8-1. that Because that's exactly what we're talking about in the gospel of God. It's interesting. Where are your accusers? In this case, the woman is being accused of a sin, of idolatry, of breaking the law. And after he <laughs> writes on the earth, probably like you said in, in uh, Jeremiah that you read there, mm-hmm. the names are written in the earth. Because um, I've heard sermons like that. It's probably their names or something, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, holy cow, you know, this guy's a prophet. And then didn't even one of them condemn you? 
And he goes, and then he says, no, Lord, you know, well, go, neither do I. And then go and sin no more. It's not, hey, I don't condemn you just because you're here. Go and sin no more. There's no, there's no condemnation in me. So if you read uh, that. Okay. Well, it's Paul talking about um, the dual nature, mm-hmm. you know, the flesh and the spirit warring against each other. That when he was saying that the one, the thing that I want to do, I can't, and the stuff that I, I don't, um, I want to do, I can't, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. So. It says, O wretched man that I am, I'm going from 724. Okay. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Um, Chapter 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which were, which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There you go. And once again, it's the Apostle Paul then expounding, not adding to, not subtracting from, but expounding and illuminating the gospel of God. There's no condemnation. It's what Christ said. It's a simple gospel. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have another one? Let me see uh, if that one that I have marked here, 126.6. Miss Capel's old school. She's got her physical Bible out, flipping through pages. <laughs> they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. That's what I have for this whole um, chapter 8, 1 through 4. Oh, Romans chapter 8, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. They come rejoicing, bringing their sheaves because of the salvation. It's, even, it's the good news. It's the gospel even, of God. Uh, Paul was saying, a wretched man that I am, mm-hmm. who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Oh, thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to move to verse 12. And we're going to talk about Jesus being the light of the world. So you keep in mind, if you've listened to our other shows here on the simple gospel of God, Jesus, in chapter 6, I believe, was um, he, he fed 5,000 people with the bread unending bread, and then says, I am the bread of life. I am that new manna. And if you eat of me, you'll never die. Chapter 7 and chapter 4, we have the living water. And the living water was tied into the the river. mm -hmm, That was under the temple. Yes. And that was the eighth day of the the Feast of Tabernacles, Mm -hmm. the big party. And Jesus says, I am that living water. Then we go back to chapter four, we see that he's saying the same thing to the Samaritan woman. Right. So he's, he's, he's all these like physical objects, these physical things in the physical world that's happening, either rituals by the priest or drawing water from a well, he, he uses that to point attention to who he is. Mm-hmm. So he has, he's the bread of life, 
is, is the water. And here we have the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a little background in verse 12 here before we read the text mm-hmm. so that you'll, it's not just out of nowhere that he just stands up and says, I'm the light of the world. He's in the treasury, right? So I have a note in verse 12. And um, it's, it's, it's where Jesus is going to speak to the people and say, I am the light of the world. Now, in this note, Ms. Kapow, mm-hmm. this is a gospel of God note, but in this note, I am going to read from the JFB commentary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read from the JFB commentary that I have placed in my notes here, and it's going to shed some light. All right, so I'm going to do that right now. Verse 12 says, I am the light of the world as the former references to water in John Mm -hmm. 4.13, 14.7 through through, uh, 37 through 39, Mm -hmm. and also the reference to bread, which is in John 6.35, just as those were occasioned by outward occurrences. So this one is to light. So that's what I'm saying. These were physical things that happened that that then he just points and says, I am that, okay? This huge miracle feeding 5,000 people with bread. I am that bread that, that feeds this huge, there's no miracle at the well, but he, well, there was when he, he, he told the, the Samaritan woman, yeah, you're, you're not married, the guy you live with. You've had five husbands, the guy he's like, so he must be a prophet. I'm the living water. You'll never thirst again. The priest taking the water and pouring it on the altar on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, he stands up and shouts, I am the living water. All right? So this is the same thing. This is from the commentary. Excuse me. In the treasury where it was spoken, see John 8, 20, stood two colossal golden lampstands Mm -hmm. on which one hung a multitude of lamps lighted after this evening sacrifice, probably every evening during the Feast of Tabernacles, diffusing their brilliancy, it is said, over all the city. Around these, the people danced with great rejoicing. Remember, this was a big party. Now, as a as, now as amidst the festivities of the water from Shalom, Jesus cried, saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me, and drink." So now, amidst the blaze and the joyousness of this illumination. He proclaims, I am the light of the world. See this? Mm -hmm. So this background is essential to know that he just doesn't stand up and just start talking, I'm the light. There's there's stuff going on where he's standing and, and then saying these things. So he's using what people are seeing and then saying, I'm the real light. Basically what he's saying, all this stuff, has been pointing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I am the light. I am that water. I am that bread. It's all manna was pointing to me. The water under the temple was pointing to me. 
These lights are pointing to me. It's all pointing to Messiah. Right. So, um, and that's what makes it so interesting when he says, you know, you to the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, you look at the book of Moses because you think you'll find eternal life. life. And it points it all to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all that. It's all pointing to me. I, 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 I am the Messiah. That's, what, that's the belief we have to have in the simple of God, simple gospel of God, that he is the one sent from God, mm-hmm. the Savior. And that one scripture we read um, a couple weeks ago about um, God the Father making him a body. Mm. Yes. And that Jesus said that um, you've, you've made me a body and I am here to do your will. Yeah. That's and simple. Just, and see, it's all in the New Testament as well. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's why he couldn't say anything on his own. It was He could only say what the Father told him to say. So he said, that's why he was always going, why won't you believe me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So he stands up and says, I'm in the light of the world. Uh, plainly, in the most absolute sense, for though he gives his disciples the same title, they are only light in the Lord. That's Ephesians 5, 8. Mm-hmm. And though he calls the Baptist, John the Baptist, the burning and shining light or lamp of his day, that's in John 5.35, yet he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which coming into the world lighteth Every man, that's John 1, 8, and 9. We read that in the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. So under this magnificent title, Messiah was promised of old. And we can see that in Isaiah 42, 6 and Malachi 4, 2. Okay? Mm-hmm. So should I read those? You want to you, you, yeah, Why don't you read Isaiah 42, 6 and Malachi 4, 2? 42, 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you, <clears throat> excuse me, to de- demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in the dark dungeons. Mm. And then Malachi 4.2 says... But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, and that's S-U-N, of righteousness, will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves, led out to pasture. Wow. Beautiful. Is there any of the other scriptures you want to read, or we're, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. So then we'll move on. So that was a good background about the light. And then you can see the Old Testament pointing to the light. You know, beautiful to Isaiah and Malachi. And I mean, just, but just you know, amazing. When I was reading that, I just, I just noticed that when he says uh, John was the light, not the true light, but he was the light that wit- is a witness to the true light. Yeah. So are we. So are we. Because Christ lives in us and we're the light that... Um, mm-hmm shows Christ, mm-hmm. the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, just that, that, that gospel that's not hidden under a bed or 
but it's it's to, to illuminate, to shine. But He is the true light. Mm-hmm. We are the, um, and He lives in us. So yeah. We... Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. So He says, "I am the light of the world. If you follow Me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life." See. Just like that. So that is a gospel message. Jesus is the light of the world. If you follow Jesus, okay, you believe he's the Messiah, he's the one sent. But here you have, not in addition to the gospel, but what comes out of that belief. Later on in another chapter, I, I write a note where I say, saving faith and living faith. There's a saving faith. I believe Jesus is the Messiah sent from God. But then there's a living faith where you then, and I obey his commands, and I obey his teachings, and I follow him. He's my shepherd. I'm the sheep. I go where he goes. It's not works. It's just that faith, that life comes from your saving faith. Theologically, the term would be sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Justif- you're justified in your saving faith, then you're sanctified in what I call your living faith, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, so I am the light of the world. So if you believe in that, that's your saving faith. And he says, if you follow, there's your living faith. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness mm-hmm. because you will have the light that leads to life. It's that simple. It's that simple, right? So you want to read from 13 on? I don't know how many other gospel things are in this uh, chapter 8, but... You need to stop me. Okay. The Pharisees replied, You are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. And Jesus told them, These claims are valid, even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. And Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. And Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Stop there. This is interesting in verse 20, because when we started off this lamp thing, we, we laid out where he was at. He was in the treasury. And in the treasury were these these colonnades mm-hmm. that had all these lamps on it. And when they were they were lighted, it just illuminated the city, this bright lamp. So just by reading verse 20, you know, while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, you would never know that, Mm-mm. that that's what included had you not known that background. So like I always say, there's nothing in the word of God by accident. No. Um, the Apostle John didn't write where Jesus was at just because. Mm-hmm. There was a reason. Even the woman caught in adultery that we read earlier, 
It says uh, he was in the colonnade, that portion called the colonnade. I don't know the spiritual significance of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the court of the women, you know, the, the you know the court of the Gentiles and the women. Yeah, we did read that. Yeah, we did uh, somewhere, and but he was he was in the section called the colonnade, so it has something to do with where he was at and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just amazing. You you can't make this stuff up. Um, it's all spiritual. You can't make it up. You can't. There's nobody that brilliant that could have planned all this stuff. That's why you need the illumination of the spirit to open up the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then in verse 21, I do have a note. And um, yes, uh, it's my own note. It's not a commentary. My own note. Let and, me read the, the scripture. Okay. Later, Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. What's my note say? Your note says, this is the reverse gospel, because they did not believe in him, they would die in their sins. They will search for him only in a worldly or physical sense, never in the spiritual faith that is required. They never knew him. Only unbelievers commit this through their initial rejection of the Messiah. Yeah, it's something that I, I started calling reverse gospel. It's the negative side of the gospel. That this is what it is. I'm going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sin. It's a reverse gospel. You cannot go where I'm going. It's because of their unbelief in who he is. So this whole, this does, this never happens to a believer. It's the reverse. It only happens to an unbeliever who's rejected who he is right from the right from the beginning. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to verse 22 and the, on? The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean, you cannot come where I am going? And Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, and I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. And there's a note there that says, reverse or negative side of the gospel of God, salvation requires belief in who Messiah was and is. Okay. So you can learn from the negative too. It's like, well, how do you, how do you, how do you not get saved mm-hmm. by doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, so yes, he's claiming to be God. God, right there. yeah, I am. That's why they were so mad. And you'll see that uh, as you continue in verse twenty-five. Did you have a note there? Oh, no, what's that? That's dark. Okay, twenty-five. Who are you? They demanded, and Jesus replied, "The one I have always claimed to be." I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do, not, I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Okay, so you have, in verse 30, many 
who heard believed in him as sent from God. But he's still in a crowd of hostile people. Okay? So verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay, so right, right here, you have the simple gospel of God, right? He says, but you are truly my disciples, which means disciplined. You're truly disciplined in the ways of God if you remain faithful to my teachings. So here you have not an addition to the simple gospel of God, but you have a living faith that flows out of that belief. In other words, there is a distinct difference between someone listening to the Messiah then or now and going, yeah, I believe he's sent from God. Yeah, I believe Jesus was the son of God. I believe he was sent uh, to die for my sins. And you go, oh, that's saving faith. You, you have faith that believe that. But then if you just go, yeah, I believe that, but I still like my worldly lifestyle. I, I, I don't necessarily want to give all that up just yet. I do believe he's a Messiah, but I maybe later on. Then you're not following. Your, your life is not exhibiting the living faith that should be resulted from your saving faith. The saving faith should result in a living faith because God gives you as a gift, as an inheritance to his son, Jesus Christ, and nothing can pluck you away. So that should be the indicator that you truly belong to Christ, that you want to follow his teachings, that you want to follow the shepherd and you hear his voice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you're truly my disciple, you'll remain faithful in my teachings. That's how you know if you're truly a disciple of Christ. You remain faithful in it. And you will know the truth and then the truth will set you free. He'll set you free. So what's he talking What truth is he talking about? Is all truth? Any truth? His truth. His truth. The it's gospel. The God. Thank you. That sets you free from all that other bondage and all that other nonsense and Satan and everything else. That freedom right there. Amen? Mm-hmm. Shall you read on? But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set you will be set free. That cracks me up. I love this. Mm-hmm. We have never been slaves to anyone. Um, you were in Egypt for 400 years? Hello? Where'd that go? Um, the Assyrians destroyed your, uh, your, your Judea in 721 and took many captives. Uh, 586 BC, Babylonian captivity. And at the very moment that they're saying this, they're under Roman occupation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know what kind of cognizant dissonance Mm -hmm. uh, that they have, but it's it's quite amazing. So here's what Jesus... You know that one scripture that that Jesus says that these words are spiritual. Yeah. Yes. You know, the the words itself gives life. And they're spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's in... um, I think Paul said that. Yeah. Yeah, to spiritually discern, yeah. Okay, verse 34. And Jesus replied, 
I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So, if the son sets you free, you are truly free. And my note here says, his message here is not to those who believed on him, rather to the some of you who are trying to kill me crowd. Yeah. Ones who have been arguing with him since verse 1. So it says, I'll read it again. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. Wow. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. And that's why, you know, I put that note there, you know, that, because he's talking, because it, 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 it says that many heard him and believed, and then he replies to the, those who believed in him, hey, you'll be my disciple, blah, 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 and then they start doing this, we're never slaves. But then in verse 37, it says, some of you mm-hmm. are trying to kill me. So he's talking to a hostile crowd still. There's many who are believing him, mm-hmm. but there's many who are still very hostile. Some of you in this crowd are trying to kill me. Because there's no room in your hearts for my message. All right. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Uh-oh. <laughs> and they said, our father is Abraham, they declared. And Jesus replied, no, for if you were really children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you were trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. And they replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It is because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow, that's that's a blast. Mm -hmm. You are lying to your father, the devil. Clearly, Christ is saying... There's, there are those who God gives to me. These are my sheep. They hear my voice. They follow me. They understand. They believe in me. Nothing will ever pluck them out of my hand. They're in my sheepfold and in the future sheepfold too, Gentiles. And then there are those like these people who refuse to believe his message. And they are clearly the children, serpent seed of that lying serpent piece of crap from the garden. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. Jesus continues, So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. That's heavy. That is. That's heavy. Anybody who is of God gladly listens to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. You belong to Satan. 
That's why you don't listen to the pure words of God. Think about many, many of our religious leaders out there mm-hmm. on TV uh, denying the very, very words of God. Yep. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? <laughs> Jesus said, no, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. And I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And the note here is, what is that teaching? It is this. Jesus was sent to us by the Father God to reconcile us back to God so we will not die in our sins and rebellion against him. Rather, we will have eternal life after being bought and purchased with the blood sacrifice of the Messiah. And that's what the teaching is. If you believe that teaching, you will never die. You'll have eternal life. And the people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Because <laughs> they're of the devil. <laughs> Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus answered, if I, want gl- my, uh, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God. But you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be a great liar, greater liar as you. But I do not, but I do know him and I obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. (laughs) I love that. Wow, I know. And then they flipped out. And at that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Wow. Uh, on that part, verse 58, where it says, I tell you the truth before Abraham was even born, I am. The asterisk, uh, verse 53, does have that scripture, Exodus 3.14, because um, it says, or before Abraham was even born, I have always been alive. The Greek reads, before Abraham was, I am. So see Exodus 3.14 on that. And it says, uh, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. (laughs) The the all pre-existing one, the one who's always existed, I am. And verse 15 says, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. My goodness. Wow. Wow, that's heavy. We'll start. We'll stop at chapter um, eight. I don't think there's a whole lot in nine, but we're forty-three minutes into it, and I think that's a good. That's a good uh, section. So that's that was a good little. Gospel of God, right there, boy. It gets. It just seems to me like it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. The more chapters you read, because it just keeps reiterating. 
And now you can really see it. He's just going, why don't you believe me? I'm from God. God sent me. I'm not making this stuff up. Blah, 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 blah. I, you, that's why I'm doing all these miracles, so you get a test that I'm from God. This mm-hmm. is why. Uh, later on, we're, we'll get into when he's, he's raising Lazarus mm-hmm. from the dead. I mean, my goodness. Healing people born blind. It's never been done before. Mm-hmm. And they still won't believe on him. They still won't believe who he is. And he says, believe in me or believe in the works that I do. Yeah. Because even the works that he do, does or did harkens back to the Old Testament. It will point to him. And if you believe in those, go, God, you know, and some of them did ask that question. Well, what what prop, what guy can do, what sinner can do such works and get away with it? I mean, absolutely astounding. Um, yeah, I mean, even at, at one point, you know, I mean, he's just shaking his head at their unbelief. They're, because they're children of the devil. He's just like, I can't, I just can't believe how you don't, you don't see this. You don't get this. Amazing. Really amazing. But for us, 2,000 years later, as Gentiles, we believe without even seeing that stuff. Uh, there's no miracles we see, no nothing like We believe because we believe. It's saving faith. Which we is live a out. gift from God, by it's the way. It's a gift of God. Yeah, it's not something you drummed up. We, none, none of us woke up one day and says, you know what? I think I'm going to seek uh, the true God and get spiritual that way. You have to be called. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that there's something stirring in your heart. It's a drawing to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it's God drawing you. It? It's not something that you've done yeah. on your own. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no, none of us involved in any of this stuff. Even living out our uh, saving faith, our living faith, is not something we do. It's not works-based. It's something that's a result of. That's how he knows, that's, that's how he knows you're truly my disciples, because you'll continue in my teaching. John, the same author here of the Gospel of John, wrote in his letters, his epistles, one, two, three, John, I'm not sure which one, but even he talked about those antichrists, ones that were against Christ or pseudo-Christ. And he says that they came out from among us. So they're they're not they they're not outside false teachers or outside heretics or outside Gnostics or atheists or at least they're Crowley <laughs> coming from the outside. These are men and women who look like you. They're in your love feast, Jude says. So does Peter. They're hanging around. They look like you, but they're not you. And they come out from the the the, the true church, the true doctrines and the simplicity. Of, of the doctrine of God, the gospel of God. They come out from that and they do math. They add or subtract. They change things, but they come out from among them. And then John says, this very same author says, if they were of us, they would have never left us. So it's something to really keep in mind today. Uh, people that go sideways, Preachers that go sideways, ministers that go sideways, you find out things like, that ain't right, blah, blah, blah. If they were really from you, if they really kept the gospel of Christ, they would have stayed in the gospel of Christ. It don't matter how big their ministry is or how popular they are or that they're the world's famous, most well-loved evangelist or evangelical. If they come out from among us, they're not of us. 
That's where you get the Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we? Lord, Lord, didn't I, didn't I? It's gonna go, I don't even know who you are. Get out of here. That's when judgment comes. No bueno. Anything that? No. So I would say child babies. 